Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast, and I am your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. And on today's episode, I want to talk about a subject that I've spoken about in the past. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say that sometimes I redo, well, not redo a podcast because I keep the original thought there, but I will, if I get a different perspective, if I've read something that um, intrigues me, that I feel like I can add to a particular subject that I've done, then I will come back and I will record um, a podcast about that same subject. I'm not necessarily going to keep the the same initial um, talking points because I want each episode to be unique, especially, again, like I say, if I'm rehashing a subject that I've already spoken about in the past. So on today's episode, I want to talk about gangster rap because a lot of times I have um, what I refer to as a, like aha moments where like there's a culmination of things that I listen to because it seems like every week I have a different thing that I'm almost like I'm interested in. And I do podcasts about them. And then another week come by and then my interest goes, you know, everywhere. It goes somewhere else, right? But anyway, um, Mayor Eric Adams um, came out basically denouncing um, drill music, right? And so I think it's different now. Then it was back in in the in the nineties when uh Dolores Tucker was spearheading a brigade to try to disband or 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 suppress the influence of gangster rap. And I feel like at that particular time, that particular genre of music was in its infancy, right? And so you could really look at it and saying, well, this is just art imitating life, right? Because we've, you know, all of us probably have watched black exploitation films where you had um, derogatory language. You've had the pimps and the hoes and um, drug uses and, and those particular things like that. And you could look at that and say, they're just, they're just talking about what's actually happening you know in their particular environments right you can you can really use the whole it's art but what happens when life starts imitating the art what happens when you have a role reversal which is what i think is transpiring right now right so let me go back for a moment and let me say something and it's going to put all this together right so it's a guy I listen to on YouTube. He's an author. I don't, you know what? Let me put it in the proper context. It's an author because I don't, I want, I don't want to minimize uh, his accomplishments um, from a legal side. Um, he's an author and was a mag- magazine publisher and distributor um, named Cavario. Cavario has an interesting story, uh, seeing as that he was a a drug dealer for 17 years of his life until he turned age 30 and he walked away. Uh, He was born into it because his mother, father, and stepfather were in that life. His mother, stepfather were 
within a a group that was, I believe, associated with the Nicky Barnes faction. And if you don't know Nicky Barnes, Nicky Barnes is a infamous uh, drug dealer from the 70s and 60s um, who um, most notably was on the cover of the Times Magazine um, named Mr. Untouchable, right? Um, and ended up getting arrested and told on some people, got out, went into the witness program, witness protection program, street legacy, you know, up in smoke. But that's that. But Cavario said three things that I thought were really, really profound that I really feel like is going to bring this particular point home. One of the things he said was that he never or people within that particular life never felt that civilians, which is what they refer to as people who do, who are not breaking the laws as a means to get ahead, that civilians would look at the drug game and everything that it entailed and felt like that there was something that they wanted to involve themselves in. Uh, he noted that Scarface was a movie that influenced a lot of people. Uh, if you watch the BMF series, uh, a person that was doing an audio voice for Big Meech um, stated that on that series. And I want to and Cavario, he was an associate of Meech um, later on in life. And um, I believe he also stated that Big Meech credited Scarface as being an influence. Right. So this is what we're talking about when life starts to imitate the art. Right. Because Scarface was a movie. Right. That's just art. What happens when the life starts to um, want to be like the art, right? So another thing that he said, he was born before hip-hop became what it was, right? And so he said growing up, there had never been a music that made a person or made a child that may have came from a family where the mother was a school teacher, dad was a cab driver, they had a nice, honest living, you know, children put on, you know, regular clothes, nothing flashy. But he said there never had been a music that made children feel less than based on the clothes that they were wearing until hip hop came about. Right. So, again, another example of the life imitating the art because the art said, hey, you need to wear this big gold chain. You need to wear these particular hats and these particular clothes like this. And so then life breeds and says, well, hey, this is what we need to have. And, oh, this is what they're talking about, this gangster rap, this drug dealer. Okay, well, let's, 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 you know, this is what we do, right? And so he also stated that he felt that rap music could not be held culpable for the increases in violence in the black community because he said growing up before hip-hop he saw violence he saw people get shot he saw people get pistol whipped people did all this particular type of stuff he said he looked at it as like hey this is just everyday life for people that are involved in this this life that we're in so so it's nothing new you become desensitized desensitized to it right so now, going back to the beginning of this, right, when I said that in the infancy of gangster rap, you could 
make an argument, a legitimate argument, in my opinion, the same argument that Cavario is making that violence was already here. You can't blame rap music for violence, right? Because it was already here. I mean, it's, 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 it's just what it is, right? But I look at it the same way I look at the drug game, you know, uh, in, in this particular sphere, where I feel like a ledger has been kept of events, of things that do this and do that, right? So on the onset of drug usage, you didn't have um, cocaine usage. Because, again, I, I spent a lot of time watching a lot of drug dealing documentaries and stuff like that about a lot of people. And I'm not watching it. Well, at first, when you're first um, introduced to it, you're watching it. You're like, dang, they made this type of money. They did this. But I'm over that now. Now I'm watching it for the context. Now I'm trying to watch it for an understanding of why would they do this and, okay, this was this and this, this was that. And so when you watch that, you realize that, like, okay, heroin and cocaine were, like, social. Well, cocaine was, like, a social drug where, like, people would just normally just snort cocaine, right? Um, we had the, uh, the professor. Um, that went on a breakfast club. I forgot his name. I don't know if he, I think he was at Yale, I believe. And he was like, you know, he, 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 he does heroin, I believe. And it doesn't mess with his life, right? So, in the beginning, similar to this gangster rap, you could say that, well, like, hey, you know, this is, this is stuff that's already going on. You know, this is, this is not affecting anybody. Like, heroin is not affecting anybody in that in that regard or cocaine is not affecting anybody in that particular regard but cocaine gave birth to crack and then it became abundantly clear that oh wait a minute we have a big issue right now we have a big issue right now right and so what happened a groundswell of advocates and all these particular people at the government, you need to do something to stop this. You need to do something to stop this. You need to do something to stop this. This is getting out of hand. So you get the 94 crime bill. You get the rat, you get the RICO statutes, right? Debilitating things. Um, disproportionately affected uh, the black community as far as the 94 crime bill. And the RICO statutes could be notified as saying that it disbanded or crippled the mafia um, in ways that I don't believe the mafia has ever recovered, right? Along with other organized crime figures because RICO statutes were created for the mafia, but it encompassed uh, anybody that may have had a crew of people that were uh, voluntarily taking part in illicit, acti in illicit activities, right? So what does this have to do with drill music in 2022. I feel like a ledger has been kept since NWA came out. And I feel like that as more and more time has gone by, life has started imitating the art even more. And I was giving my wife this particular example, right? Um, I'm not going to say any names, um, but... I feel like where I grew up at, right? 
you know, I had a two parent household, you know, uh, a lot of my friends didn't. But I, I didn't I didn't I didn't necessarily feel like that our life that our lives uh, by and large were like in danger. Right. Like like afraid to go outside, similar to like a lot of other large cities and things like that. Right. But as I get older and I look at some of the people that grew up in the same area that I grew up in or same county or neighboring counties and I look at and I and I see a transformation. I start seeing things on the news and hearing things that are transpiring and I start to think to myself, I said, I don't remember this transpiring when I was when I was a kid. Right? I don't remember when I was sixteen and seventeen years old or fifteen and we were going to um different places, like a fist fight. Okay. You have a fist fight. But then as you get older, then you realize, oh, wait a minute, somebody got shot. Somebody got shot. Yeah, somebody dead. Somebody dead. And so it gets to that particular point where it's like, wait a minute. An area that by and large that I felt was was a not saying no place is harmless by any means, because you can get into a fist fight. I I had a couple of those myself but a fist fight now in an area that I live in could turn into someone coming back and and shooting you and killing you on the spot right and so I understand the music that we listen to I still listen to some of that music now but I feel like I have a um I have a a mindset to understand that like hey this is not my life I don't want this to be my life. You know, I'm I'm blessed and thankful that I didn't have to be subjected to these some of these things. But people, a lot of people that are making that music, and even if we go back, right, like Ice Cube. Many reports will say that Ice Cube was not that type of person that he depicted in art, right? And one thing that I, I have noticed about Ice Cube and when people depict him, they, they mainly talk about the NWA stage. They don't ever talk about the Ice Cube that went solo. The only thing they talk about solo is like no Vaseline, it was a good day. They don't talk about the, the, the mindset that Ice Cube had, but that's a different discussion for a different day. But I say that to say this, that even in the beginning stages of gangster rap, you had a person that was depicting something that he himself was not engaged in. He was not engaged in these particular activities, right? So now, what what would we have? What was it, 2019, 2020, we have like Takashi 6-9, right? And before I go to that particular point, let me allow for me to say because based on my historian mindset, drill rap, the the the... <laughs> The, the first adaptation of drill rap was was started by Chief Keith in Chicago, right? Even though, like I said, I, I look at drill rap the same way as I look at gangster rap. I don't look at it as anything different. But just to to put things into its proper context, created by Chief Keith, and now drill rap is in the UK. Drill rap is in Africa. Drill rap has taken the 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 world. Uh, by storm because it was interesting because I was listening to a show 
and someone was talking about drill rap in the UK and about how the gun laws and things are different. And so instead of every other rhyme speaking about uh, a Draco or 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 a, a Glock or uh, you know whatever other guns they're they're talking about, they're talking about stabbing somebody, <laughs> right? You know, so I mean, so that's that's int- you know it's weird, but again, you are you are talking about it based on what it is that you can readily access, get your hands on. It's like I can't get my hand on a gun, but I get my hand on a knife, so I can talk about stabbing you a hundred times, right? I can't talk about a hundred round drone, but I can talk about stabbing you a hundred times, right? So, so going back to this ledger. So I believe NWA came out in 1988 or, you know, garnered that, that, that fanfare in 1988. So, again, like I said in the beginning, in the, in the inception of it, you could look at it and say, well, this is just art, right? We understand, okay, we see the movie. We saw um, Menace to Society. We saw Boys in the Hood. We saw Colors, right? We saw, um, dang, I can't think of that movie. Um, it's one of my favorite movies, too, with... Um, Deuce, um, dang, I can't think about the name of that movie. But anyway, where the where the father uh, murders somebody and he ends up going to jail, and you know that, that that movie right there, whatever it is. But we saw these particular films, and so we like, oh man, like this is really happening. So like, th- this is what they're rapping about. Like they're 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 giving another platform. It's another platform to show the movies are not doing. The movies are doing it justice, but now we got we got the music, right? So it's like, okay, well those that's two forms of proof that this is really going on without us even going there, right? So I'm all the way in Mississippi and I'm like, dang man, Compton is dangerous. Like, oh man, Inglewood is dangerous, you know, these particular places. Because we like, you know, that's what that is, right? And so one of the things that I think what ends up happening or what did start to transpire is that individuals Maybe it due to ego or 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 whatever else may look at it and say, "Oh man, they ain't no more dangerous than we are. We got people that can talk about the same stuff, right?" And so it ties back into what I was talking about into my neighborhood and looking at the the gradual um, retrogression of areas that I frequented when I was younger. And how it the retrogression has been swift, you know, I would have, you know, like people I see and talk about like, oh, man, you know, I was doing this and all this. And I'm just like, what? I don't remember this. But again, so that I so we don't cause any conflict, I'm not going to speak on it because I'm like, well, maybe you did. But you're speaking in in terms in a general in a generalization almost as if you were you were doing it at a level of a person (laughs) that is talking about this other music right and i've said in the past before um this particular art form right because that's another thing cavario said cavario said a lot um the majority of people who get exposure to this particular life, they get it through music. You don't understand the 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 real world and the, and the actual understanding of this. And so, 
we all have heard about the creation of hip hop, right? And so, and I've heard rappers say, "Oh man, we need a union. We need some things. We need we need we need to get hip hop music regulated. We need to do all these particular different things like this because it's, it's getting out of hand." And so, I feel like that's what that's what happens in a in a lot of sense in a lot of senses where something grows and multiplies quicker then you can you can handle it. And I think hip hop is one of those particular things. And since we're talking about the subject of gangster rap, crunk rap, trap music, drill music, and probably in another 10, 15, not even 10, maybe in another five years, it's gonna have a different name for it. But it's gonna be the same thing, right? It's just it's 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 mutating. It's just it's different now. We went from it being cool to be um a killer. Then we go to being, okay, well, you can be a drug dealer, right? And then it's like, all right, well, you can be a drug dealer, but then you can be like a bottle-popping guy that's the cool guy, you know, the clothes and all that stuff, the fashion. And then now we're, we're, we're back at the stage of I'm a killer again, right? And I'm a direct reflection or, or or I'm a I'm a seed of a person that may have been hooked on to something, right? You know, so you got you got all these particular things at play. And so like I said, this retrogression is nothing more than life wanting to be like the art and wanting to feel or wanting to have a situation where it's like wait a minute look we get down just like these cats over here do right we 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 do the same thing and when you add the internet aspect to it you got a whole other thing a whole other thing right now because like i said we talked about how Dolores Tucker was trying to combat you know, gangster rap um, in the beginning, you know, with the whole aspect of of like, you know, trying to get gangster rap put off of, of television and all that stuff like that and the music and all that stuff like that. But I don't think it, ha- it didn't have the same pool because a lot of times certain radio stations and all this stuff, like even in the inception of gangster rap, they didn't play that type of music over the radio. Right. And radio was big, but similar to. Like somebody was talking about, I was listening to a broadcast and they were saying like some of the DJs like in New York were saying like, well, hey, we're just not going to play the music. Right. We're just we're not going to give it any airplay. And so the person was like, well, a lot of these artists are getting fanfare from streaming. You know, or it's so easy to make a song now where they can just go make a beat on a computer, use that same computer to record that song, or even if they're intuitive enough, they can shoot an entire video. Real guns in it, because, you know, ain't got no props. Real guns, shoot a video, and this song can take off. Now, it doesn't now it doesn't work like that for everybody, but the thing of it is, is like you have a lot of people that is that are using that, that technique. And... And like I said, um, well, not like I said, but I feel like, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, and I'm and I'm and I'm down to talk to talk to anyone that feels differently. But I feel like 
gangster rap in its inceptions as far as the different um the different ways that it has been incarnated i feel like it has been the most popular form of hip-hop when we talk about longevity because even before nwa if you listen to older documentaries you'll hear guys from new york saying no 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 they give it to the west coast but Coogee Rap was the first person that was talking about the underworld as far as organized crime on songs. The West Coast just basically got the fanfare for it, which is an interesting aspect because obviously this is occurring in the earlier 80s, right? So same thing is going on now. You don't, you're not necessarily hearing, but you know what? I take that back. You are hearing drill music over the radio you are so it's so if an argument had to be made now for the detriment of it i feel like they have a better case than they did back in the 90s when dolores tucker was fighting it so what does all this mean what's this ledger you're talking about what what, what is this so when i talk about this ledger i'm speaking about keeping notes and writing all this stuff down. And I'm talking about how a person, when they crippled uh, drug peddlers in various nations, and not nations, but various cities, towns across this entire United States, they would get people. They would infiltrate certain camps, certain groups and stuff like that. They realize, okay, this person's in charge. This person is just a front, this, this, that, and the other. And they tore it down from the inside. And so when the indictments started coming down, people started telling them, because like, look, we're going to give you 30, 40 years because, and they'll pin you, the particular person, whether or not you are about that, that life or not. Because like Cavario said, you know, he gave a, he gave a great example. He said like a person, you know, at that particular time when there were like some type of rules and regulation going on, it was like, a civilian couldn't just get a life insurance plan or like like person dies and they get some money from life insurance and come out there and say, hey, put me in the game. It's like, nah, because you don't understand the severity of what it is that you're actually doing. Right. But obviously, those particular things changed. And, you know, what you end up getting is you get a, you got a lot of saturation of individuals that are doing things that they don't really want to do. Right. And so the thing. So I see I foresee the same thing happening with um, the gangster rap. And we, we already got the we already got the, the prime example Well, two examples. Well, three examples, as a matter of fact. Um, but the biggest one is Takashi six nine and how he was portraying a lifestyle that he was not about. He was not about it, but. He was around individuals that were. And so what did he do? He did what he knew. He knew he did what he knew best. Like, hey, I don't have anything to do with this. I'm I'm really not the person that y'all want. What do y'all need to know? So some people may some people are saying now as much like you were planted. You know, you were planted here, you know, but that's a different discussion. So two other instances like uh, AR App, um, Casanova two times, 
right? And even um, recently released um, Bobby Smurda and Roddy Rich, right? So we already seen that they're take they're they're picking y'all off, right? And so I see like I believe it was Jay Z and Yo Gotti, and I believe I don't know if it was Meek Mill because he's involved in a lot of the initiatives. I don't know if it was him, but someone else. And so they're pushing to say, "Hey, look, man, we don't want y'all to use use rap lyrics and 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 as as forms of evidence." Because I think it was one particular artist I was listening to a, a broadcast. Like he was a drill rapper, and he had like over a hundred and sixty songs, and they used evidence to convict him based off based off his songs. Now, for the people, and I'm not saying that I'm 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 a street guy by any stretch of the imagination, but one of the things that I always hear um, from the guys that as they say, were stand-up guys, the guys who took their time on the chin, did the bid, came home, kept it solid, didn't say nothing, is that we're not out here to glorify what it is that we're doing. We're not out here going to get on a get on a song because I, I, some of the earlier rappers that I, that I listened to, a lot of them was like, they would try to get street guys to come rapping. They're like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not about to sit up here. I mean, what I, I'm only going to rap about what I'm doing. I'm not going to incriminate myself, right? So when Jay-Z and them are coming with an initiative like that, it's like you're, you're, you're being a help, right? You're being a help. But it's also a hindrance as well because it's like, you have to be smarter than that. You have to be smarter than to try to be the hardest, most toughest person and put that over music. You have to be smarter than that. You have to be, right? And so I go back to the 94 crime bill when all this stuff came to a head because I feel like the Takashi trial is just a precursor to what's eventually going to start happening where a lot of these drill rappers are going to get end up getting tied up into some things and whether or not you were there or whether or not whatever the situation is because they're starting to piece things together now. They're starting to say, okay, well, on this particular song, he was talking about this particular person was an op. Okay, so the op, now he's dead. So you were talking about it on this particular song so you're a suspect so now we got to bring you in because you're you're basically saying that hey you're my op if i see you i'm going to do whatever to you so now this particular person is no longer here so now you're a suspect in this crime so you come in and can you can you be a stand-up guy taking on the chin? If not, you may say, oh no, nah, man, such and such, blah, 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 did it. Right? So I already see what's happening. And so again, I I do blame, which was my original conclusion on my original on my original um 
episode talking about this. I do blame drill music for a lot of the violence that is that is transpiring. And I feel like the longer it goes, the more of the blame can be shifted towards that particular um, brand of music. Because as more and more time goes by, I say the excuse of, well, this is just art imitating life. It can't be that anymore. Because you have kids that don't come from broken house homes, don't come from broken homes and stuff like this. And I always say, like, it's kind of like, a basketball, like basketball. Like, a lot of people are upset with basketball now. They don't like the direction of the game because they say um, the mid-range is dying, the post-up is dying, everyone just wants to shoot threes, 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 threes. And I say that to say this. That's the same thing as we can talk about this particular music where you're going to have a bunch of people getting involved in stuff because it's easier to make up a multitude of rhymes about a gun, it's hard to be a poet. It's hard if, if anyone listens to like um, an artist like Loaded Lux, right? Who I feel like is like when we talk about rapping, it's just pure rapping, not just song making, but just rapping. It is very, very hard to do what it is that he does. Or if we want to talk about just guys who make songs, it's very hard for someone to come out and do what Drake has been doing for the length of time that he's doing. But I can go do what Chief Keith did. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can, I can, I can talk about that type of stuff, and in a multitude of the other guys, I I can talk about that. It's easy to do that because it doesn't it doesn't take much of a skill set to do that. So you're going to have an over and abundance of that because I heard one argument. A person says, well, we put too much, um, we, we shine too much of a light on it. Like the, the, the biggest artists are still the guys who are doing the hard stuff and making it look easy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right because they're more marketable. But at the same time, when you add in streaming now as becoming a form of a big form of payment for a lot of companies. And then you add in something like what the pandemic where people couldn't tour. Those artists that weren't necessarily as marketable as the big guys, their streaming numbers are neck and neck. Cause I think like NBA young boy, he's the most, he has the most streams of any artist on YouTube. And you could probably ask the average person, what's one of his songs? You don't know, but you ask the average person, what's a Drake song? Oh, this and this, this and this. But again, for a person to be the most streamed artist, right? Be the most streamed artist and not necessarily be the most marketable, which is a which is the hindrance. Well, that opens up an entire new door because it's like, oh man, I can talk about the the stuff that young boys talking about. I'm not I'm not gonna be a, not saying young boys not talented because I feel like a lot of these guys, a lot of a couple of these guys are actually talented, right? Like he Kodak Black, 
a couple of you guys are, are talented, right? All of them aren't, but <clears throat> a few are. But I don't feel they're as talented as the guys who are the most marketable. But they have a lane. They have a lane. All right. Um, like speaking like Kodak Black, his his song, um, I don't I forget, Super Gremlin. Right? We got audio we got footage of the San Francisco 49ers walking onto the field and that song is playing. And the take the biggest takeaway from the song is in the hook. And it was like, we could have been superstars. Remember, we were jacking cars. Now it's not safe for you because you snitch like a, you know what I'm saying? And like, that's what it is. And like that particular line is taking over like TikTok. So it's becoming more and more influential. And life is starting to imitate that art form more than that art form is imitating life. And so just based on that right there, I get back to when we talk about, like I say, the 94 crime bill, the Rico statute. There's going to be, because like I said, you have three, four examples. Bobby Shmurda, Takashi, Casanova, A.R. You have four instances in which you have guys who, by and large, were doing the same type of music, the drill music. People went to jail. And you all were associated with a multitude of other crimes. Whether or not you yourself took part in it, which um, I believe Casanova which Takashi is the only one who actually got off because the rest of them, like, you know, I'm, you know, we keep it solid, right? It's going to be more to come. And this is going to be debilitating. Now, is it going to be more debilitating than the, the crime bill? I don't know. But going back to my original example about heroin and cocaine, and then you get crack. We see what happened. We we hear the, the stories about when people sit down and interview drug dealers and they like, man, do you do you do you feel remorseful for, for what you did? You you destroyed families, you destroyed communities, you did all these particular things like this. Do you do, I mean and their answer is, you know, if I didn't know. We didn't know, right? And so I feel like those particular Answers or those particular things are gonna are gonna start rearing his head after a while, and you're gonna be sitting down with ex drill rappers, and because we have situations where rappers are getting shot and then they drive, you know, doing drive-bys at funerals and stuff like that, and you're gonna have a situation where it's gonna be like, man, do you feel? How do you feel knowing that your music influenced someone going to a funeral where a person? was murdered and his opposition didn't feel like that that was enough and they wanted to take more people out. How do you, how do you feel that you knowing that your music um, played a key role in that type of, in that type of behavior? And they're going to say the same thing as the old drug dealers, man. I didn't, you know, I didn't know, man. You know, I was, I was young. I didn't know. Right. 
So, but this, I mean, but I don't want anyone to take this as me downing rap music or, or looking at the positives and saying, hey, these particular guys are, are changing their life. Well, some of them are. But a lot of them are getting this fanfare and allowing for a retrogression process to happen. It's like, mo- like most people say, like, guys get famous and then they want to go be gangbangers. Like, why? You can get out. Like, like you have a talent. You've been identified. You can go to another life, but you want to retrograde yourself. And you want to go and start doing stuff because you wanna you want to make it look like. You're not a pushover. You're not a person to be played with. Like, you're this, you're this, 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 and this. So, but those are just my thoughts. Now, do I feel that it's going to get to a legislative standpoint where there's going to be legislation and laws that are going to be put forth to bring these people in? Yeah, I do. Because if you're already using song lyrics in order to seemingly throw people away I feel like there's going to be some legislation that comes at a later date that's going to say well hey we have to protect this what we have we can't allow for Jay-Z and his initiative to be effective they say we, we're going to um, not allow for song lyrics to be used in court cases right so again the question is will it be as debilitating as the 94 crime bill because again like I said I feel like they have a lot more firepower to say that this has been a detriment more so than they did in the early 90s but that's another episode of Paradigm 132 podcast be back to you again next week peace <laughs>